Welcome along to episode 733 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, McFly's Harry Judd talks board games and the fun we can have playing some of these games, even though they seem to be declining in use just at the moment. Also, we're celebrating Argos's 50th birthday. Cutting crew, we're going to be letting us know about their gig, which is coming up at the Robin 2 in Bilston towards the end of this month. We'll finally get about Greatest Days from Wolverhampton. Last Holly Ashton, she's appearing at the Grand from the 17th of July. Also, Fionn Davenport's along to let us know about No Fly Holidays, and we'll be hearing from the Detroit Sound Collective about their appearance at the Trenton Summer Concert Series. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 Uh, Welcome to the Milk Bar. Greatest Days is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 17th through to the 22nd of July. And it brings home one of our very own, Holly Ashton, who joins me now to tell me more about an amazing show. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right. No, it's, it's not been that long since you were at the Grand, has it? No, I was there early July last year doing Footloose, which was great fun. Brilliant show to be part of. Absolutely. And another amazing show. And another one centred around awesome music. And and where there are so many fans of the songs and there's going to be so many fans who, if they come to this for the first time, uh, are going to really, really enjoy the magic that's brought to life on stage. And you get to be part of it. How cool is that? Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I am a big Take That fan. That helps. you know, get getting this job, I was like, I get to hear take that songs or at work. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. I never I never tire of them. <laughs> Now, I mean, music for, I mean, started off in the 90s, but they haven't stopped, have they? I mean, the, the, the lineups changed for Take That, but here we get a whole new boy band to love performing the music and you yeah. get to be part of the cast working alongside them. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great. We've got a really lovely cast, really talented cast. Um, we're having a great time doing the show and being on the road. And I think um, I think people are going to really enjoy the show. Do, do you get to use your proper posh pen accent when you're there or uh, there's no Wolf Runion in you? <laughs> oh, it's in there. I tend to find if I'm a bit tired or maybe if I've had a drink or two, it does come out. You know, I did go to Highfield School, so, you know, <laughs> I, did, I didn't go to a posh school. Um, but no, Greatest Days is actually set up north. So it's all northern accents. So you won't hear any of the Wolverhampton accent on stage. So it's, 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 you're doing it for proper professional and everything. Yeah, you know, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell us a bit about your character and, and her fun time with the band. Yeah. So, well, the show starts with a group of girls aged 16 and their love for a boy band. And then we fast forward 25 years and we get the older versions of the girls. So obviously I play one of the older versions. So I play Zoe who, when she's young, she was the bookworm. She was, um, you'd always find her doing her homework. She was the one of the group who, you know, wouldn't think about lying to her parents, wouldn't sort of go out late, but they persuade her to go and see the band without telling her parents. Um, and then, yeah, we see her later on. And I don't want to give too much away because all of the, the girls sort of have their dreams and aspirations, but their lives haven't quite panned out the way they thought they would. But they didn't marry uh, anyone from the band? 
No, no, they didn't. A spoiler, they didn't marry anybody from the band. <laughs> but but the, the boys are sort of, um, I think everybody has a band they love when they were younger, whether it was a boy band or, you know, whatever sort of music they love. And so they sort of create the soundtrack to our lives. And that's how the writer has used the boy band in this show. They are constantly the soundtrack. So they're sort of, they're there in our heads as well as actually live, you know, when we go to see them in the concert. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a an amazing cast uh, across the board, and you you want there's another Midland in there as well, isn't there? Um, yes, we have Alex, who's from Tamworth. Alexandra O'Reilly, on it. Alexandra O'Reilly, come on, yes, get his, get yeah, his full Alex. equity name in there. <laughs> and he's one of the boy band, so uh, yeah, you can come and come and see one of the boy band from the area and uh, one of the women. So yeah, yeah. come. See- well, proper talent from our city out on the road across the nation and uh, so it but it is this is about having fun on stage isn't it and the and bringing that enthusiasm to the whole audience and just giving everyone a fantastic night out yeah definitely and i think you know i think the show is for everybody everybody can enjoy it but it's we're finding it's particularly resonating with groups of older women who are the same age you know mid 40s who have had those friendship groups and they were younger, who've had a love for a band, doesn't have to be, you know, take that. Um, and a lot of them, when we're coming out of stage door, have been like, I thought I was just coming to see you take that show, but I've been on a real emotional roller coaster <laughs> on the journey. It's been brilliant, you know, and it really sort of makes them appreciate their friendships. It's really nice. And, and to make everybody feel old, 30 years since Take That's First Number One, pray. No. And, I mean, Who'd have thought that? I mean, that that was that was. I mean, I, I'd, I'd finished uni and stuff for them, but they were still doing great things well before that. And yeah, uh, yeah obviously they were in the, the the magazines. We don't get magazines for the yeah for for pop like we yeah. used to. Yeah they, yeah, they were all over smash hits and. Oh yeah, I remember you got smash hits and you pulled the poster out the middle, didn't you? That was here. It was all over my walls, and then you cut off other bits. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame we don't we don't get that anymore. It's, it's all just online, isn't it? It's not the same. No, I think uh, they're, they're missing out these kids these days. And uh, hopefully, greatest days will show them the sort of stuff they've been missing out on. Yeah, well, there was a, there's a moment early on in the show with the younger girls where one of them pulls out a tape recorder <laughs> and says, "Oh, you know, I just hold this up to the telly, press record, you know, to record the song." And of course, you know, older people in the audience just find it hysterical because it resonates with them. But the younger members of the cast have never seen one before. <laughs> you know, we had to explain to them what they were. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a portable yeah. one. We used to walk around with the yeah. headphones on it. None of this Bluetooth stuff. We had actual no. physical wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's a you know, great time to be had. Those memories, everything else that goes along with it. Uh, Tim Firth doing his thing as well, uh, making it uh, all, all all work and. Uh, a story which, as you said, it will move people as well as being uh, a musical. And it, it's one of those, you know, we, we hear about jukebox musicals. Sometimes people are a bit snobby about them. Actually, this is mm-hmm. this is not that sort of, this is one of those shows where actually you come away knowing that this has been put together with love and care. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I think it's because it's very relatable to people. Mm-hmm. And I know that Tim and the band, you know, and Take That, very much wanted to write something that was for their fans, that their fans could understand. And so that's why he wrote it about their fans. These women who they see, who are, you know, the story on stage are the fans that would go to see Take That. So it's sort of a, a you know, a, a thing for them really, that it's not 
it's not about the boy band and their lives, which people might think a Take That musical might be about. Um, it's about the women that love the band. Um, and yeah, Tim's, Tim's writing is just such a joy to get to do every night. It's, yeah, it's great. Brilliant. And uh, how do you feel about the costumes? Because again, this must take you back a little bit when you see what the uh, the kids are wearing. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're quite a few of us. When we look at the younger versions of ourselves in their outfits, we were like, yep, I had one of those. I remember going out in that. You know, one of them's got a really short skirt. And he's like, yeah, definitely went out in that one night. <laughs> and had a great time doing it and probably popped along Absolutely. to three or four Take That Classics when you were out. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's going to be good fun. And uh, is it your chance to have fun at home as well whilst you're here? Definitely. I mean, it's always, you know, I try and get home as often as I can. My parents are here and um, my brother and sister and niece are just around the corner. So I get to see all of them when I'm home. But yeah, it's nice to be here for a whole week and give them something to come and see because they love the theatre. They always come and see whatever I do. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to them seeing the show as well as, you know, spending time with them. Oh, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. It is the 17th through to the 22nd of July, Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre, Holly's Home Theatre. 01902 429212, the box office number, grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets and get them in your droves to come and see some amazing performers putting on a great show with great songs called The Gracious Days. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, some of the games we enjoyed as kids seem to be falling by the wayside. This is what new research from Argos tells us as they celebrate their 50th birthday. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Dr Elizabeth Kibley and Harry Judd. Hello to you both. Hi, Jason. Now, first of all, Harry, which games did you play as a kid? Were you a Yahtzee fan or were you more Buckaroo? Buckaroo. I was Buckaroo. But I was also an outdoor games man. Like, I love being outside and playing with my mum and dad and brother and sister in the garden. Um, but in terms of board games that I played when I was younger, that I've been already playing with my kids, uh, Guess Who is just an absolute classic. Um, and, yeah, Grandmother's Footsteps, What's the Time, Mr Wolf, Hide and Seek. I mean, I can't believe... I mean, I, mean, I say I can't believe it. Obviously, we've got a lot more at our fingertips these days with tech, but... I'm surprised that people aren't getting involved with these games because genuinely enjoy them with my kids. I mean, I'm not one for messy play and don't get me wrong. I'm not always like super keen dad wanting to play kids games. It can get a bit tedious. So I tend to navigate towards the ones that I find fun and genuinely grandmother's footsteps can't beat it. <laughs> but where's the Reverend McFly board game? Because I know bands bring out pretty much every bit of merch available. <laughs> There wasn't, no, but we played, uh, we once streamed games night and McFly games night, I think during lockdown, um, and we played the most intense game of Jenga you've ever seen. <laughs> Serious Jenga, that's the way we like it. And uh, Elizabeth, it's these real hands-on games that get physical interaction with the world, kids working out touch and, and colours and things that really make a difference as they're growing up. And with your world in you know, as a consultant clinical psychologist and an author, uh, you must be a bit disappointed that this real-world stuff has started to subside. Well, I really am passionate about play. And, you know, if you've got young children, you'll know that the early years 
foundation curriculum at school is built around play because we know that's the mechanism through which children learn. And the research from Argos showed that actually parents know this already. Nearly 50% of our parents wanted children to be playing these more traditional games. And I'm very happy that you mentioned, because this is such a nostalgic, it really sparks off the memory. You mentioned Buckaroo and my brain immediately went to Kaplunk and Operation. Can't be the only one. Uh, that, no. With the little tweezers and the buzzers. It, that spiked my heart rate just thinking about it. Well, I, I could never work a plunk at all. And uh, uh, operation, uh, I, I never had a steady enough hand. Uh, I, and when it comes to uh, yeah, playing these games, again, Harry, I mean, uh, when you've been part of so many kids' lives growing up with your music, it must be you know, interesting to see how, how they they take on that bit of the world. And uh, uh, when you then move on to your own kids and, and their growth and development, you guess who's a thing. But, I mean, what else would you like to, to, to see in the world of board games, maybe, that uh, would be a bit exciting for you to share with your family? Well, I think it, you, you get a lot of your like social cues and stuff growing up by playing and interacting with your family and board games and learning about competition and fair play and being a good winner as well as a good loser and um, sharing and all that kind of stuff. Because I think that's something that comes with age and is something that as parents you have to direct. But in terms of games and, and playing, you know, I see it as a musician, how that filters through into imagination for children. You know, I grew up with toys that, um, like musical toys I was given as as a kid and and I love sport and been given a, my first cricket set and you know that really just enhanced my passion and I see it now with my children you know my son is totally taken by music I took him to a live concert the other night and you know that to me I'm sure Dr Elizabeth will tell you the science behind it but seeing his face and and the imagination and the sort of passion that was on display from a live concert is far more, um, you know, exciting and, and generates a lot more, I think, possibilities for a child than just sat in front of a computer um, for the majority of their time. And, and obviously it's about balance. It can't be avoided. There's lots of good things about tech and, you know, you've got to learn these things growing up in, in, in the world that will be their future is, in terms of their careers. But, yeah, I think music's a really big thing. If you have children that are showing interest, get them to a live, live gig because it will really... I think spark a passion and and um, I think it's just I I guessing instinctively and and again please tell me if I'm wrong Dr Elizabeth but is integral part of their development. I mean absolutely. I mean what we know about play. I I think what I really want parents to take away is that that play is an activity that is pleasurable just for its own self. It doesn't have an end goal, and we we live such task focused lives. So if you can spend time just playing, and it's never just you know it's the important part of interacting then hopefully you spark something in your children about their own creativity and exploration that kind of builds a passion that they can take through into the rest of their lives. Yeah, and, and we've seen things like the fact that tree houses are also on the way. And and that's, again, it's another important part of adventure. Harry, you, did you have a tree house? I mean, you said you like playing outdoors. Were you ever found in the garden, six foot off the ground? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't have a tree house growing up. I would have absolutely loved one. And I have this kind of sense of, parental guilt that I haven't provided one for my kids but you know at the same time you've got to lean into what you're good at and you know I think DIY I'm like average at I don't quite have the skills to be building a, a tree house um and you know I'm not good with messy play in inside that's not my vibe so you know Dr Elizabeth was alluding to this earlier it's like lean into what you're good at and I like playing outside I like sport I like music so with my kids I that's what I do. You know, I'm not 
like super dad I there's times where I lose my temper and I just shove the tv on and I just can't face it we all know what it's like it's stressful we be lead busy lives but it's finding those moments where you feel like you're in the right energy in the right kind of mood and doing things that you enjoy and in, and therefore I think your children see your your kind of excitement and naturally they follow suit and so yeah it's kind of playing in the garden for me it's I, I take my kids out um running i go for a run and they go along their bikes you get out in nature taking them to playgrounds um climbing trees you know i didn't have a tree house i don't have them with my in, in our garden but i take them out we live in london we take them out to local parks climb trees finding their boundaries taking risks you know um i think that's what it's all about and um you know as parents there's there is a lot of pressure but i think again what, what i've learned from dr elizabeth is it's not, you don't need to be doing as much as you think. It's just carving out small chunks of time in your day. Yeah, and it, it is that time that makes a difference. I mean, have you made them sit down and watch videos of you on Strictly yet? Or is that something for later life? Um, I, I, I don't make them, no. I'd be very embarrassed if I... But actually, thankfully, my son is totally uh, obsessed with McFly and I'm kind of making the most of it because I'm sure in about 10 years' time, he'll find me really cringeful and it's not cool. <laughs> So, but at the moment he's totally taken by it and in fact he's coming to a, one of our gigs tomorrow night and he's he'll bring his guitar along watch on the side of stage he's asking if he can join in you know and, he's and, not going to be drumming though you're not going to let him loose with that well i bought him a drum kit like i saw it on the argos uh advert around christmas time a couple of years ago this little this little girl playing the drums on a drum kit and i thought perfect i'm gonna get um my kid that exact toy um but he's decided he wants to be a guitarist and his favorite member of mcfly is tom not me mm, that's that's a, that's a shame i'm sure you'll he'll grow out of that it's not a problem <laughs> particularly when he realizes where the pocket money comes from uh elizabeth obviously yeah there's, there's a lot going on it is about that interaction time parents and kids playing together that really makes a difference uh, and what are the good tips would you give us when it comes to making the most of that time and, and playing these games together I think parents, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know, just a short amount of time. Research tells us that 10 minutes a day is enough, the time it takes to boil the kettle and drink a cup of tea, but try and do it really regularly. And then also just, we're so task focused, we're so busy getting things done and, you know, thinking about the outcome, get to school, get dressed, brush your teeth. Actually, can we make things a bit more playful? Can we just bring a bit of joy, a bit of frivolousness into some of the stuff that we have to do? Because playfulness is a state of mind it's not what we're actually it's not an activity and how do you, will you be sitting down with the argos catalog on your ipad this year and making uh, sure you kids choose their own presents so you don't try and force more drum kits on them <laughs> well my son just wants to look at the guitar section so that's easy for him but you know this is quite a good parallel the argos catalog looking at it on your ipad because actually I'm going to sound old here, but I way preferred it back in the day when you looked at it on a catalogue. It, to me, is a lot more practical mm -hmm. and just easy just to have it there in front of you, you know, like... Argos yeah. are more environmentally friendly now, though, because it's on the iPad. It makes it a lot easier. We can find them yeah. anywhere. We can find the okay. research as well. Go, someone give us the web address. Where are we going to? So please, please, parents, spark some nostalgia and go back and look up some of the toys that you played with and maybe teach kids some of the games that they might have forgotten. And there is loads more information on the Argos website. So just check out that. You can download the app as well. You can shop there and uh, you can say, look through the virtual catalogue and then screenshot it rather than ripping the pages out and leave them lying around your family home to try and make sure you get the right gift this year. <laughs> for now, Dr. Elizabeth Kilby and Harry Judd, thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.
Looking for a Friend is the latest single release from Cutting Crew. They're appearing in the wonderful world of the Robin 2 in Bilston coming up at the end of this month. It's going to be well worth getting along the gig. It's always worth listening to the music. And I'm joined now by Nick to tell us more. Hello, sir. Hi there, Jason. Nice to meet you. Well, good to meet you too. And with the uh, you, your, you and your music has been a massive part of my life because uh, I've I've heard you on and off throughout the years. And with the, what the, the the latest stats coming in for uh, I just died in your arms tonight. I mean, it 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 doesn't go away. It's a song which is there. It, it it'll uh, it's, it's it's not haunting. It is it is it is very much sort of following you around. But still, an amazing track and such longevity is brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the joke is it's a bit like a bad rash, isn't it? Whether you like it or not, it won't go away. Um, I'm ever so proud. I mean, you know, in this country, at least, you know, we're known for one and a half songs, you know, uh, in Erica, four or five hits. So I'm completely, um, you know, I've relaxed about it. It's, it's, it's our monster. Um, it keeps being handed down over the generations. You know, my daughter when she was a teenager many years ago would be like it was cool and now my great nieces are listening to it on stranger things and you know lego batman and all that so yeah a, a real a, a privilege and um it's well, we will we'll be playing it at the robin for sure yeah <laughs> Yeah, but when you get an iconic song like that from a band, number one, you you have to be rightly proud, and uh, it, it is it, it is just of its time, but also takes us through time too. And I I think when when these things pop up in the lives of Stranger Things, that must be an unusual experience. It's not quite the same as hearing a car advert, is it? No, it isn't, because they put some kind of scene to it, and um, I remember that one was quite a poignant scene. But you know, I'm very relaxed about the fact that it's often used as a kind of rather camp moment, you know, in a comedy show or something where somebody goes, oh, what? You know, at a, a very funny point. So, hey, bring it on, you know, it's great. You know, it's, it's uh, I've had a, many questions over the years as to why it might have survived. I mean, there are another 580 songs that have just done the same, but mine is one of them. And I think that it's it's very, um, it's not very dated, you know, it doesn't have any of the, the, the 80s synthy stuff on it, which doesn't matter, and there's nothing wrong with that. But because we are a guitar band, we're always a rock band, uh, especially in North America, you know, they just play it to death because it's it's got the big guitars and um, back in the day, the big hair and the big shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, are, are, is it six albums that uh, yeah, to date, or is it more than that now? Well, with a, with a, with the new Haskell one, seven, yeah, so, yeah. And uh, people may be missing out on this. And I think this is a point to, of, of order now. If, if you enjoyed what you've heard so far and still gets played on many a radio station to this day, it is worth checking out the rest of the back catalogue, isn't it? It is. Um, we're always said, what, you know, one of my favourite, um, sorry, the most popular is the most underrated band. So hey, thank you very much. Yeah, we've got some great songs. Um, just mentioned the album Ransomed, Healed, Restored, Forgiven. Um, which is a line from when I used to go to church many years ago. Uh, Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his ransom, he would restore to um, I thought I always wrote that down. 20 years ago, I wrote that down as an album title. <laughs> and because it's Cutting Crew in Prague with the orchestra revisiting the song, so ransomed, uh, healed, restored, and maybe forgiven by the fans. 
<laughs> we will see. Now, the single that you have out at the moment is in memory of Kevin, of course. Uh, he was there with you at the start. You met up in Canada at a random chance meeting, and it turned into something uh, amazing. Sadly, uh, he lost his life to cancer back in, what, 2002? Yeah, 2000, yeah, yeah, 2001, I believe, yeah. yeah right, and... He did it right on the stroke of midnight. It was typically Kevin. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the song itself, uh, is, is is something which you, you wrote uh, shortly afterwards? Um, not after his death, but um, it was from the album Mad to Favourites. I mean, basically, Kevin was, um, you know, he changed my life because you spend all your life writing or being in the music business, and it's, it can sometimes be a real up struggle especially with writing songs you know you're on your own always wrote on my own and then you meet some guy in eastern canada you know he's kind of al pacino look like with his cigarette and he just sit there and say play play your ideas you know and i played them and then he would join in and had no ego at all so he was never into scoring points or saying hey that was my part you know he just gave and gave and gave so when he died i lost my best friend i lost my partner in crime and also lost a way of doing it easily, you know, um, until I, maybe we can talk about Gareth in a minute. So that song is a really, um, it's been done before. It's a song about walking around heaven, if there is such a place. And, you know, looking for Kevin, looking for my brother, looking for my dad. And each person has a verse. And uh, But it's not sad. It's not a dirge, you know. It's, it's, it's hey, let, let's have, I think the line goes, I've been looking for my guitar player. He came here about 10 years ago. I think he's playing in the best rock and roll band in that <laughs> And uh, it's it's through celebration as much as anything else. So that that's uh, and a nice way of doing things. But uh, with the, the the music you're going to bring into the stage of the the Robin on the 27th of July. I mean, uh, the single I'm sure will be there. It's, it's been released what over the last week. It's on Friday. I think that came out. And you know you've got a huge array of songs to play and you've got a massive following who know about these things but for those who don't what can they expect when they get there i think you won't be giving anything away till we will start with the first three songs in a row chronological order of how the world <laughs> the world heard cutting crows so it's any color one for the mockingbird and i've been in love before back to back so we kick it off that way um the band is red hot. I mean, we just got back from Mexico. Um, we did Canada earlier in the year. It's it's a super band, big, full-on rock band. We will be playing um, a few cheeky covers. I love throwing a few <laughs> covers in. Um, uh, we've got some, uh, I won't tell you who they're by, but whenever we play them, people always go, wow, what a cool idea. You know, you do it that way. So uh, some covers. Um, we break it down in the middle where I get out the, hold on. We He's, uh, he's run off. It's out of tune. I was going to play. And, you know, a little acoustic set in the middle where we play uh, Saint Ferriand and uh, the Scattering. We play a beautiful three piece sort of little trio version of the Scattering. So um, it's a lovely show, a really lovely show. Lots of jokes, uh, lots of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll be interesting. Uh, tell us about the work with Gareth then. So Kevin had gone um, and I uh, had been living up in Canada with him for the last six months of his life. And um, when he finally left us, it was go home and um, you know the next stage. And I just thought, well, that's cutting crew done. Um, but of course you start writing songs again. And uh, whilst in Canada, I'd met a young band um, in, of, of Canadians 
and we made the album Grinning Souls. And when I got back, I needed to tour it. And it was like, well, how on earth? You know, I got in touch with the girls, Kevin's daughters, and I said, it won't be cutting crew, you know, and they went, of course it'll be cutting crew. You know, Kevin wouldn't want you to call yourself something else. So that was a really lovely moment. So it was cutting crew. And um, this young guitarist, he'll love that young guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'd just come back off tour from Jim Diamond. And uh, Jim had sort of, uh, I think, given it up by then. And I met Gareth Moulton and we sat in a hotel in Chorley. I think it was up in Lancashire and two acoustic guitars. And it was quite spookily like Kevin. It's like, as I played the guitar, he kind of knew what was coming next, you know? So mm -hmm. sometimes these things happen and I got lucky twice. So Gareth will be on stage blisteringly playing um, uh, his, the stuff that he does. Well, it's going to be well worth looking forward to. Give us all the details where we can find you and the rest of the band on the socials. Yeah, well, we are Cutting Crew. Um, we're cuttingcrew.biz is the, um, the website. Um, Cutting Crew Music on Facebook. Um, and I just really wanted to add that there is a bit of a full circle story here, Jason, that you may or may not know. But you know, been, this is my, it sounds ridiculous to say, this is my sixth decade of having a recording deal. It's a bit weird how it works out with the maths, but I got signed by Chaz Chandler back in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. And of course, Chaz managed Slade. And he signed me, and for my right of initiation, he sent me on tour to Poland with Slade, with my acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember coming up to Bilston um, to rehearse uh, my parts with the band, or not with Slade, but you know, how I, when I walked on, and um, I became good friends with Don. So this is really coming up for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it in a weird way. But my God, did they roast me in Poland? They cut the legs <laughs> off my stool. They had electricity in the microphone. Um, they were great. I learned so much from Slade. So um, I'll be talking about that on the night because, hey, you know, it's Bilston, for Christ's sake. Yep, they're, they're part of our area, which is always good. So it is a chance to uh, hear the song Looking for a Friend played live on stage, as well as an array of other pieces of music. And you dip along the robin.co.uk to book your tickets. Uh, you can also grab them by giving the box office a call on 01902 401211. That's 01902 401211. And uh, you can go along an amazing night of music and... Uh, certainly uh, a worthy act to have on the stage to celebrate 40 years of cutting crew being out there on the road it's amazing isn't it really when you think about it when you when you add it up like that yes and there'll be lots of uh, lots of love in the room there always is because some of these people will come from miles and the canadians australians flying in so special night well nick Vandada of cutting crew thank you for joining us thank you pleasure Look at her in Chicago. 
guitar player. Yeah. He's probably got a beer in his hand. <laughs> Came here about ten years ago. They got him playing on the best rock and roll band. And I'm still looking for my brother. With 35% of adults considering alternative ways to travel, as 46% find air travel stressful, there are some great holidays out there without even having to leave the ground. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Theon Davenport, award-winning travel writer and broadcaster. Good afternoon, sir. Afternoon to you. How's it all going then, and have you got your holidays planned? I do have my holidays planned. Would you believe it that I am going to go to France in about three weeks' time for a week, and I am incredibly excited. I can't wait. Well, France sounds like a fantastic place to nip over to. And it's one where we can definitely get there by the ferry rather than having to take an aeroplane. Yeah. And and as much as that, look, I mean, air travel is convenient and we all do it. We live on an island and, and it's, it's obviously an effective way of getting anywhere, particularly <laughs> if you're going somewhere long haul. But what's interesting about this survey that Stenaline have conducted over the last little while is is that one it confirms that 46 percent, so not quite half but nearly there of us find air travel stressful now i think it's true now for obvious reasons you know delays cancellations airplane or airport strikes etc but i think it's always been the case i think air travel is always something that we we endure rather than overtly <laughs> enjoy you know it's not something 
Yeah, and it is. It is what it is. It, it, it's convenient, but it, in order to have that convenience, we have to sit in a seat that maybe is feels a bit tight or restrictive. We're worrying about luggage allowances, etc., queuing, so on and so forth. So, but what's interesting is is that thirty percent of those respondents are <clears throat> are now considering ferry travel more than ever before, and I think that that's a very very interesting finding. Yeah, because I mean, once you are traveling by ferry, obviously you've got the choice. You can either go as a foot passenger and maybe hire a vehicle or use public transport when you get there, or you've got the advantage of being able to take the car too. That's it. And that's that's a huge advantage, the ability to take your own car. So I'm not worried about luggage. I can pack it as high as I want. I can bring the kitchen sink if I need to. <laughs> um, also as well, it's just like the family fit in and the dog. And that's another thing. With a ferry, particularly Stena line of routes, we can bring the dog. And that, I don't know about you, but when I'm planning holidays, it's just that if I haven't booked a pet minder months and months and months and months in advance for the summer break, there's a strong chance the pet minder is going to turn around and go, I'm really sorry, Fionn, but we're booked out for the summer. Can you come back to me in September? And I'm like, well, no, I can't because <laughs> I want to go on holidays in July or August. Um, but the idea that I can bring the dog and then, so Stenoline have a couple of routes where they have pet cabins or mm -hmm. you can also some have pet lounges. So you can bring the dog on shorter trips, like for example, between Cairn Ryan and Belfast. If I'm going to Ireland, for instance, I can just bring the dog into the lounge. And I say that sort of thing, taking the whole family and literally the whole family on holiday, maybe not the goldfish, is a great way of being able to do it. And uh, I, I think you know, you've also got the, the 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 fact that the travel is much more part of the holiday. Uh, when you are traveling by plane, it's an inconvenience, but gets you there. If you're traveling by ferry, yeah. you can start you do a bit of shopping on board and 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 do it in a chilled, relaxed way. How about going to the spa? Oh, that sounds good. Isn't that nice? A massage while you're traveling to your destination. So the idea behind getting a ferry, and, and, and it's worth pointing out, if you haven't been on a ferry for a while, not you, but one hasn't been on a ferry for a while, this is a different landscape to what it might have been, well, certainly to when I first started traveling by ferry mm -hmm. way back when. The lounges are luxurious. The restaurants are good. The food offerings are absolutely way better than they've ever been the cabins are much more comfortable much more well appointed and um, the services on board whether it's cinema kids clubs for for the young ones um i mentioned the bar you can go to the bar you can like all of these things are there so the idea is, is that look the holiday shouldn't begin when you arrive in your destination the holiday begins as soon as you get on board and that's something that you can see played out in a lot of ferry experiences these days and it's the comfort as well, though, because yeah. you're on a plane, you get a terrible seat. On a ferry, you get a proper chair. Not just that. And that's for those short ones. And not just a proper chair, but you can get the loungers that like lean back. So you can kind of relax and you can have a long sleep. But you're right. You get a nice proper chair. And here's another thing. I would say this about train travel as well. Don't underestimate the importance of getting up and being able to walk around. Stretch mm. your legs change the scenery when you're looking at the back of the seat in front of you even if you've got the ipad and the little screen like after a while it just feels like you feel like everything is closing in on you whereas on a ferry you get up you, you want to says you know what i'm just going to go for an amble and you can go and you know the ships are big enough that you can you can have a nice little walk or you can go out and breathe some fresh air and uh, so probably partake in a uh, you know, nice warm cup of tea that doesn't taste absolutely rank that's absolutely true. And I mentioned the food offering and it is, look, in the end is, is that like 
Ferry companies wouldn't be in business for very long if they didn't take account of passenger or the customer's tastes and desires. And one of them is for a better quality of food, a better quality of food experience. And, and all of that is on offer for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I'm, I mentioned I'm going to France in a couple of weeks. I'm going to get the ferry. I've got I've got the dog is all ready to go. I've got the pet cabin booked. Uh, my wife is already booked into the spa. <laughs> on board Stenavision. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, no. We're all good to go. And uh, and I have to say, we're going to go and spend a week just driving around Normandy. And I cannot wait. Now, do you take a caravan with you or you just got to be No, no, people? no. What we'll do is, is so uh, what I'll do is, is I'll check into, like, there's a whole network of Jeet that will take the dog, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's about looking for pet-friendly accommodation. But, um, I mean, of course, you can take the caravan with you if you want. And it's worth bearing in mind that French campsites are amongst the very best in the world. You know, mm-hmm. they're absolutely brilliant. Uh, but no, in this case, we're going to go, we're going to go stay in a place that allow dogs and uh, yeah, just have a nice chilled out holiday. It sounds like a brilliant way of doing it. You're chilled on the way and then, you know, on the way back, the holiday doesn't finish until you actually get through the door at home. It's kind of, it is, it's exactly that. And look, and even, so this is my summer holiday, but for example, I mean, you obviously can tell from my accent that I'm Irish. So I use, I go from Cairn Ryan. So my wife is from Carlisle and we go from Cairn Ryan to Belfast on a regular basis. And, you know, when you're just going home to visit family or, or whatever, just, and, but we often take that ferry line and I have, honest to God, it's just, it's so easy. It's so convenient. Um, the drive up to Cairn Ryan is quite pleasant. The drive from Belfast, I'm from Dublin. The drive from Belfast down to Dublin is a cinch. Um, it just feels such a such a relaxed and stress-free way to experience these things. And honestly, I can't promote it enough. Yeah, so it sounds like a great way to visit Ireland. I mean, for us, we would just drive over to somewhere like Hollyhead and take the Stenner line from there. Yeah, absolutely. Go to Hollyhead and you can get straight into Dublin. You go, If you're down in Wales, you can go from Fishguard to Rosslare or indeed you can go from Liverpool to Belfast. I mean, the options are there, you know, and and, uh, and all the ships, all the ships on those routes have all been refitted in the last few years. So they're all like of an absolutely brilliant standard. So lots of uh, great breaks to be had. Where can we find out more about staying on the surface as we head off on holiday? Yeah, uh, so the best look, place to look, stenaline.co.uk. Oh, Fionn Devonport, uh, award-winning travel writer, broadcaster and holiday maker extraordinaire. Thank you for joining uh, us. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for having me. As part of the amazing summer concert series at Trentham Gardens just outside Stoke, there's going to be a brilliant night of Motown and Soul on Friday the 14th of July to tell us all about the wonderful music we can hear and how you can get along. I'm joined now by Vicky from Motown and Soul. Hello. Oh, hi. That was a great introduction. I like that. Well, I do my best. <laughs> and uh, I like the fact yeah. that you're a, you're a local lass who's going to be entertaining thousands of people. Oh, yes, I love it. Absolutely love it. They'll be able to understand me as well. It's great. Yeah, so, so where are you based? <laughs> so I actually live in Hollywood, but I'm a yam-yam at heart. So I grew up in Hells Ebbin. That's all good. So I'm, I'm, it's all good, yeah, I'm local. <laughs> and as I say, they'll get me. As you can imagine, we travel all over the country and sometimes... I have to put a little accent on because people are like, we, we, we can't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to be bringing the magical world of Motown and Detroit Soul to life. The Detroit Soul Collective are going to get everybody on their feet, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's such a great concept. I mean, this is running from, I believe it starts on the 7th of July, all through 
July into August, 5th of August, I think the last one is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they're, and they're bringing a great... I mean, we're smack bang in the middle of us, so that's great for us. We're doing a Friday night. Uh, we're doing the 14th of July, smack bang in the middle of July. And uh, hopefully everyone's going to bring the summer vibes. It's going to be a nice uh, night of dancing, singing, uh, dancing their souls off and singing their souls out, as we say. Yeah, well, it's going to so work, isn't it? The, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've got the full nine piece going to Trenton Gardens on the 14th. So uh, it's going to be a great blast. Yeah, And that's the important thing. I mean, every one of the bands who are performing are performing music that is so well known. And these songs, yeah. I mean, yeah, five decades of music that you're bringing to life here. The soul, the motor and the funk are all going to make sure that the, uh, the sun shines as long as it needs to on that night. And then you get a glorious yeah. summer's evening ahead of you. I think that's that's the way it works, isn't it? The, the weather's guaranteed. Absolutely. But you're going to be oh, yeah. have everything from here. Bruno Mars to Luther Vandross, the Jacksons and Stevie Wonder. Yes, yes, that's right. I mean, initially it started off, as the name would suggest, as a, a Motown band. And then, you know, throughout the years, because we've been going at it quite a while now, uh, we just incorporated different genres of music and, like you say, through the decades, because we know what gets people up on their feet and we know what people want to sing along to. So it's always like floor fillers from start to finish. And a bit of my mum dancing involved as well. I mean, you, you know, how can I uh, not treat? people with that <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a treat now how does the look on stage work because you've got nine musicians up there but are there, are, there, yeah. is, are there is each one sort of dressed as part of those five decades oh no 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 we um we tend to go out with our own style that's what we always say like music's universal and everyone has their own style so for our public events we just tend to all get involved in, and dress with, as we like i mean i might turn up with a bit of a, a glittery kimono on you never know but um We've got a fabulous three-piece horn section. They come with their own dance moves. So, I mean, no outfits needed. I mean, it's fabulous what they do. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact is, it is all live music. And it's, yeah. it's that skill you see on stage. And I think that's another important part of it. I mean, the, the, the rest of this time, uh, you know, you, you guys are all out on the road. But you, you're all yeah. capable of being the, the, you know, the most top-quality session musician you'd ever heard as well, aren't you? Well, do you know what? We're we're a good team. I mean, we are a good family as well, and everyone gets on. And and the beautiful thing about live music, there'll be something that still stands out even after all these years. You know, someone will do something, and you look around and go, ah, oh, that's why I love them. So we're always still surprising each other, and it's it's a really good uh, mix on stage. Yeah, a lot of the guys have worked, and myself. You know, we've worked on different shows and with different uh, artists. So we've kind of. Are we allowed to say we're seasoned professionals now? Does that make us all sound old? It's it, it your experience. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll go with experienced professionals. And, but yeah, I like the thing that. is, I mean, by the number of decades you've all been performing, if you were to add it all up with uh, with uh, all nine of you, it would be quite a scary oh, number. Man. But it's because you all started yes, at a very early age, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I, I was classically trained and then went into theatre when I was very young, and then I moved into. Uh, soul and do my own original stuff but I've been with the band myself and Trevor the singer he's uh, a London boy and uh, he's worked with some really great professionals and he's been doing it from a young age too so um, but it's still great every single time we get out on stage it's still something new and something fresh because it's you know sometimes we see the same faces which is lovely but then other times we meet new people and get to see their memory making all, all over again so it's great I love it 
Well, you're going to be in front of a, a fantastic audience as part of the Trentham yeah. Summer Concert Series. Trentham.co.uk. Follow the links to the summer uh, concerts and you'll be able to grab your tickets. They're priced at £19 for adults. Uh, so under-16s are also chargeable as well, but under-3s are free. So you can get yourself along mm. there and have a fantastic time enjoying the music, having a bit of a bop, and I know you can take a picnic too, so that's always going to help as well, isn't it? Sounds good. I'll be taking mine, don't worry. That's the way, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd had a ride of being part of the band, but... Uh, yeah, oh, thought... well, you never know. I'll have to take my snack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's to be done. You get you to choose what you're going to nibble during the uh, between the songs. But uh, it, yeah. it's going to be a good one. Where do we find you on the socials so everyone can check out your amazing music? So, yeah, thank you. We are on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as well. And it's DetroitSoulCollective.co.uk and just Detroit Soul Collective for Instagram. So, yeah, head on over. Uh, all of our public gigs are online and videos, you know, if you want to prep yourself so you can sing along with us then yeah get online be great yeah there, there isn't an area of soul motor and funk that you won't touch in some way at all it is friday the 14th of july it is all taking place as part of the trentham summer concerts once again that's www.trentham.co.uk t-r-e-n-t-h-a-m and check out the girls and boys in the band for the soul motor and funk sound of the detroit soul collective well it's been absolutely fantastic catching up with you you have a brilliant time as well vicky thank you for joining thank us Thank you so much, Jason. Take care. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 734 next week. I'll see you then. Turn off and out. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah.